Welcome to the Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. God gives us an invitation to work alongside of Him. He's looking for laborers who will come into the harvest field and join other laborers in reaching people. Sometimes when we do that, we can become discouraged. I am sharing this week's messages to keep you encouraged while you are reaching people for the kingdom of God. Stay tuned after today's message. I'm giving you an invitation to join us in person for a time of prayer and fasting for our country, for our community, and for our churches. We are calling on God's people everywhere to join together with one voice, calling on God to help us through the turbulent times that we are experiencing. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Pastor Jackie, a few weeks ago, had talked about our value of evangelizing our mission field, and that is inviting someone to come and see what God can do in their life. So I just want to encourage you to keep inviting, and we thank you for inviting this past weekend. We had a number of guests uh, for our football weekend, and so thank you for inviting. And speaking of inviting, I want to give to Sister Bogany her gift for inviting the most guests with the ticket Sunday. Fifteen guests. Uh, all right, Sister Bogany. That's a hundred dollar gift card. Oh my. Thank you so much. And uh, we thank all of our members for all of your service and volunteering, all those who volunteered to work this past Sunday to, uh, for the activities and the food that we had. So we thank each and every one of you. We're going to go into the Word of God because I want to share a word of encouragement with you today. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for who you are and all you have done. God, we ask you right now, Lord, to help us today. That this message will enrich the lives of the hearer. And that your people will be encouraged and will have the confidence to go forward with the things that you have spoken in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. When it comes to the family of God, or when we come into the family of God, and we, we dedicate ourselves to faithfulness and service, we have an expectation that all things will go well. Remember when you started to first get, come to the Lord, and maybe you first got in church, and you were excited about doing something excited about working or serving or speaking or singing or doing something and you just thought that well I'm saved now I've given my life to the Lord and everything is going to go well with me after all the Bible tells us all things works for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes y'all heard that that's where you ought to say thank you Lord for that because he said he didn't say all things are good he says all things work for the good even if it's bad he can work it out for the good for those who love him 
and are called according to his purposes. Knowing that, we ought to be able to get through that. The Bible also tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, uh, Jeremiah speaking the words of God to his people said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for hope and a future, not plans to harm you. We think or we recognize from the scripture that God has a plan for us. So if you didn't know that, I want you to know that tonight, that God has a plan. Come on, let's just say that. God has a plan. You're even coming to Christ and making a commitment to Christ, uh, giving your life to Christ, accepting what he's done for you, his redemption through the blood of Christ. That was part of his plan. And that was your introductory offer when you got saved. That was the beginning of what he has established for you. Salvation. Why is it then that we can become so weary and discouraged while we are doing the work of the ministry? Now I'm not talking about just preaching. If you're serving in the children's area, you get discouraged and weary. If you're singing in the choir on the worship team, you can get weary and discouraged. If you're a greeter or an ursher, the only work in the church you will not get discouraged from is sitting down doing nothing. You can do that without getting discouraged. But if you're doing anything, you have the opportunity to get weary and discouraged. Sometimes we are discouraged And we can't even put our finger on why. I don't even know why I feel this way. I just feel kind of heavy. I just don't have the vibrancy. I just, it's just something that seems to be weighing me down. You ever known anybody felt like that that looks like you? (laughs) It just kind of weighed me down a little bit. The psalmist said to this to himself, why are you downcast, O my soul? He's asking himself, so why do you feel like you feel? Why are you downcast? The reason we find ourselves in despair sometimes is that we have an enemy. We have an adversary whose assignment is to make us unfruitful in the things of God. See, if you don't know that, then you don't know how to respond. We have an adversary. We have an enemy. We have the devil whose strategy is, once you come to the Lord, he knows that you are saved. He said, now since they're saved, let's see if we can make them ineffective. You know what I want them to do? I want them to go to church and sit down and do nothing. And if they do something, we're going to start some trouble. We're going to try to discourage them, distract them, defeat them, or anything we can do so that they will not be fruitful in the work that God has in store for them. So we have an enemy. We have an adversary. Secondly, we are well aware of what we are capable of doing But quite often we fall short because of our distractions and our thoughts that come into our mind. Let me put it this way. 
There are many of us that will say, I know I could do more for God. There are some of us who will say, I know I can do more for God. Maybe I can find one who will say, I know I can do more for God than what I'm doing. If we know that we're not doing all we can do for God, and that causes us to have our own dissatisfaction with where we are spiritually. We don't analyze it to that degree, but we just know, and because the devil is always shooting thoughts to your mind that says God's not going to use you. If he says he's not going to use you, then he'll say, well, he won't use you because you know what you did. You know what you thought. You know what you did. Remember when? See, the enemy always have you looking in the rear view mirror. When God wants you looking out the windshield. And when you look out the rear view mirror at all the things that maybe didn't go well or where you fallen short, then he wants to just shoot that fiery dart in your mind. And what you'll do, you'll sit down. You know, there are times when you're up there trying to praise God. The devil said, what you got your hands up for? Really? You know... Okay, maybe that don't happen in, the, in this church. It happened in the church I used to go to. <laughs> but that's how he works. And the Bible tells us that we need to, to be aware of the enemy's schemes. And the enemy's scheme is to keep believers from being productive. Because what did Jesus say? I chose you so you can bear fruit. The enemy going to say, we're going to keep them from bearing fruit. We're caught in the middle of that spiritual war where we find ourselves as the body of Christ being totally unfruitful. In other words, we're not taking the light of the Lord's word to others. People aren't coming to Christ because the church is not lifting him up. And so the enemy is saying, okay, well, I'm I'm doing pretty good at keeping the church from reaching others. So our minds tell us then sometimes that even when we're working and we're serving diligently, our minds will start talking to us and say, you know what? Nobody appreciate what you're doing. Nobody appreciates you. See, they they walk right by you. Nobody said thank you. Nobody said you did a good job. Maybe you ought to just go on and stay home and see what they'll do. Uh, I'm not doing that no more. I'm going to quit. I'm going to tell them I, 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 I don't feel led. Why? Because nobody appreciates me. See, the devil hasn't done anything new. He keeps doing the same thing over and over and over. So I can tell you uh, what he does and it happens. Or he'll tell you that you're not gifted. He'll tell you you're not anointed. He'll tell you you're not spiritual enough to get the work done. I don't know why you should pray for somebody. You're not spiritual enough. You're not the only one who needs encouragement and confidence about what God wants to do with your life. Paul recognized that the saints in Philippi needed a word of encouragement as well, and that's what we're going to look at this evening. In the book of Philippi, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 through 6, Paul wrote this letter to the church. He made observations about the people in the church and what the church does and how the church functions and how active or participant, participatory they are in the things of God. Look at what he says. 
Philippians 1 verse 1. To all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. Now notice how he addressed the church folks. He called them saints. And every time we call you saints, y'all cringe. If you've committed your life to Christ, you are a saint. Now you may not look like a saint. You might not dress like a saint. You might not talk like a saint. But you are a saint. God calls us what we are before we are that. Once you come into salvation with Jesus Christ and give your life to Christ, he brings you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have moved from spiritual death to spiritual life and you are immediately positionally a saint. He'll call you that and then he says, now that you are that, start and live like it. So he's not going to wait till you start living like you're supposed to to call you what you are. Paul says, to all the saints. Come on, look at somebody and say, you look like a saint. Come on. Just tell them, you look like a saint. You look like a saint. Oh my goodness. You look like a saint. We've got saints all in the place tonight. I ain't talking about the New Orleans saints either. Don't get no umbrella and start trying to do no sucking line. No, we're talking about the saints of Jesus Christ. Look at what he said after he said to the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. And he said, together with the overseers and the deacons. Now the overseers is just that word for pastor or bishop or whatever. Church leaders get discouraged too. Pastors sometimes take a hit from the sheep. You talk about church hurt, that's pastor hurt. People don't talk about pastor hurt, they talk about church hurt. But read the statistics about how many pastors get out of the ministry every year. You'd be surprised. Deacons and elders can get discouraged in the work. Ministry leaders can get discouraged. We are not exempt from being discouraged. But he says to them, grace and peace. Grace, the sufficiency of God. That's that grace. And peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says not just God, but and Jesus. We're going to bring in the Father and the Son to give grace and peace to you. He's talking to who? The saints. So I want to say to you this evening, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this again. Grace and peace be to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody just repeat, say grace and peace. So grace and peace be to you. Just accept it tonight. Grace and peace. Say, I'm accepting some grace and some peace. 
Then verse 3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. This is Paul thinking about the saints. In all my prayer for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Let me tell you something you may not recognize. The most precious resource for every church is the members. Now, if a member ever should have said amen, they should have said it at that time. The most precious resource for the church is the members. If we have no members, we have no church. You are the most precious resource. So Pastor Jackie and I, we pray for you often. We pray for all of you. We ask God's blessings upon you. God's protection upon you. God's power and his will and his strength for you. Not only do we pray for you, we thank God for each of you. You may not know that, but we thank God for each of you. And I say it to your face, I thank God for you. I thank God for you and you. I thank God for each of you. We thank God for your partnership in the gospel. We're not doing this on our own. It is your partnership with us from the first time you came and became a part of this church until now we are partnering in the ministry to reach people for Jesus Christ so that their lives can be changed their lives can be enriched not only here but they will have life eternal we are partners in getting that done so we thank God for your partnership in the gospel from the first time you attended till now. Paul spends those first five verses just telling them who they are and what he thinks about them and how he prays for them and how he asks God's grace and peace to be upon them. And now he gives them a strong word of encouragement and I'm going to give it to you as well. Verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you We'll carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Have you ever met anybody that uh, you observed them and you thought, that person really is, uh, is intelligent and they're smart and I think they can do great things. And you talk to them and find out they have no confidence in their own ability. They're like, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I said, you've been doing it, but I still don't think I can do it. You don't have any confidence. And Paul says, being confident of this. Now, let's look at that, how he begins that verse. Being confident of this. And I thought, what makes Paul so confident? He says, I'm confident of this when I'm getting ready to tell you about what God can do in your life. I'm confident in what I'm getting ready to tell you. Paul had quite a journey in his walk with the Lord. If you study his life, Paul was knocked off of his horse on the road to Damascus. He was going to persecute the saints and God knocked him off. You're talking about pick me up and turn me around. He was literally picked up and turned around. And he said, what will you have me to do? 
And if you read about his life, you will read that he went about preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, to those who did not have any knowledge of God. And then Paul listed some of the things he had to go through. He says, I was stoned. I was beaten and left for dead. I was whipped with 39 lashes three times. I was shipwrecked. I experienced sickness and I experienced starvation. I was put in prison. But God used my life to change the world. So I am confident what God can do. He was the one who says, yet in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. He said, I can do all things through Christ who does what? Strengthens me. He said, it is not I, but Christ working on the inside of me. So I am confident by my experience that whatever God started in your life, he is able to complete it. I'm confident of this. I know what I'm talking about. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. The King James says we'll perform it until the day of Christ. Now let's look at the he who began the work. Now if you're saved, the work has already begun. You might not be working, but the work has begun because the first step is to get you saved. So if you are saved, you are saint and the work has begun. You ever been to a job and you started at 8 and as soon as you got there at 8 you was on the clock but you sit around 15 minutes doing nothing? Well you start working at 8 you want to get paid since you've been there. You say I'm working. Well you're on the clock. When you got saved God punched your clock for you and said the work has begun. You might say I don't know what to do. I haven't been trained yet. I'm not, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to say but God said that's alright but you're on the clock. The work has begun. The he who began the work is God. And the Bible tells us that we are God's workmanship created to do good work before the foundation of the world. God created the work for you to do with a specific assignment with your name on it. It was created before you even got here. And it is God who initiates his plans and his purposes in our lives. You ever wonder why in your life you just keep searching for fulfillment? I, I've been doing this and I still, this ain't quite it. There's something I, else I should be doing. Well, you're going to have that feeling until you start doing what God assigned you to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him will not perish but shall have everlasting life. God has an invitation for every believer to help spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so others can have this new life in Christ. He has gifted us, he has called us, and he will encourage us. And I want to encourage you today to be all that God have for you to be. To listen to this message again in its entirety, go to the Light of the World podcast with Jerry G. Martin. The Light of the World podcast with Jerry G. Martin. I want you to join with us at the Light of the World for a time of fasting and prayer. 
we're going to begin a nightly prayer at 7 o'clock Monday, November the 1st through Friday, November the 5th, 7 o'clock nightly. You need not be a member of our church. You just need to be a person who wants to come together with other believers and pray for our community, pray for our country, pray for our families, pray for marriages, pray for the churches in the area so that the people of God can do what God called us to do, humble ourselves and pray and seek his face so he can heal our land. That's seven o'clock nightly at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship Church at 16161 Old Humble Road. For more information, call us now at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. And come and join with other believers of like mind and let's lift our voices to the Lord every night, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Light of the World. Now may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.